Welcome back to Never Settle. Today I have Sony Browder and Mark Schwan. They are the founders, co-founders of Local Media. Can't wait to have um, both of them here on the show. Persevering through hard times, but then creating beautiful fruit in their media company. So thank you both for being here. I'm going to let one of you take the mic and lead the way with the creation of local media because in I, I like the the reference of a diamond you know under pressure that's where the diamond forms and that diamond is local media tell us more how that resonates <laughs> well mark why don't you take why don't you take that one you you uh i think you i think yeah. you have a really nice way of telling this story thank you thank you well you know it, because of the pandemic Oh, why we did it and what our purpose was and how it came to be all because of, you know, COVID-19 and the shutdown of everything. So I'm an actor and, you know, of course, <laughs> the industry completely shut down. You know, what they call economic proof turns out not to be pandemic proof, <laughs> the entertainment industry. Stoney uh, worked in finance, still does, but at that moment, he was laid off like many other people in the world. So we're both doers, you know, mm -hmm. we both met each other from college, filmed a lot of things back in the day together. Uh, and, you know, we, 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 we were catching up and just realized we need to do something. Stoney actually came up with the idea. We should, we should go into business together. We open up our own business. I'm like, oh, okay. All right, cool. Let me, let me think about this. And I wanted to see like, you know, what can we do here? Is this a real thing that we can do and how can we do it? So I was thinking, what does the world need right now? What are we good at? And what are our resources? And it came down to social media and marketing. Because you just see these small businesses, right, just closing up left and right or being heavily impacted. You know, I, I saw a business, one of my favorite French restaurants, for example, in New York City. has been around for decades, since the 1920s. Closed up shop. I couldn't believe it. Couldn't believe it all. You see Rose's Pizza, the infamous Rose's Pizza in New York City, close up shop. You see so many stories about this, and it, it just hit me so. And th that's why I want to do this. I wanted to, we're good at or we good at social media. We're good at marketing. We're good at you know, creating content. And that's what the world needs. That's what social media needs. That small businesses need that help, need that boost. So, that's how we came to be here. How did you, so it's really finding a niche within the market for your specialties and seeing the opportunity and grasping towards it. Now, how did you start to connect those dots? Because it can be, in hindsight, it can be easy to look back and be like, yeah, of course, that's, we all saw that, you know. But yeah. how did you see that that was an opportunity where others were seeing doom? Well, I mean, I, so... To answer that question, like, you know, as, as simply as possible, I'd say that we understood that there at the time was this, um, let's say this, uh, you know, really bad feelings towards these big, 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 big corporations, these big box store, you know, places that people shop every day and they kind of disregard their local businesses. And we kind of really wanted to capitalize on that messaging of the fact that, you know, we're not really for these multi-million dollar corporations. Um, but we are really for the little person and the little person was suffering. I mean, sure. You know, I, I knew a couple of friends of mine who 
couldn't get the PPP loans. And you know that all of these other big corporations, they knew exactly what papers to fill out. They knew exactly what, um, you know, they knew exactly how to get free money. Sure. And, you know, so part of part of the way that I kind of looked at it was I said, and, and Mark as well, we said, okay, well, who are the ones that are most struggling and still have the wherewithal to understand that part of the reason why they, you know, part of the reason, one of the biggest ways they can grow is their messaging. You know, if it's if you're a small business that runs a bodega, there's a message there somewhere. It's tied to your community. It's how you interact with um, with your community, essentially. So as far as like targeting stuff is concerned, we really do. The niche really is, you know, small businesses, restaurants, um, you know, pretty much anything small that that needs to grow or is expecting to grow and doesn't have the time to put in the effort that goes into, into social media management. And, and Mark, 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 uh, very smartly put out that that's one of the biggest benefits is that you don't have to pay a social media manager, right? You don't have to pay what, whatever the going rate is 45, $50,000 a year for a social media manager when you can outsource that to, to, to guys who have this proven track record and can take on that, that amount of workflow basically. Right. So, you, so in New York, in New oh, York City, I'm sorry, just to piggyback off what Tony yes. was saying, like, you know, in New York City, a social media manager actually is $60,000 a year. That's the median average, right, right, right. Uh, the way right. it is right now. Now, a small business can't afford that. You know, that's just one social media manager. You know, these large corporations, they have teams of these people. Small businesses can't compete with that. But we offer a chance where they can at least, you know, level up their game. And that's where I would love to dive a little bit deeper into because I know that there's always a story there. So I would love to hear one of the stories where this small business is coming to you and they're they're taking advantage of this opportunity. What's a transformation that they've had? That's what I would love to hear. Where take me through the before and after. Or the now, I, perhaps not the after, but the now. You know, it's funny. I was actually just talking with our first client, our very first client, just oh, the other wow. day, right? Yeah. Tell us so that it, one it, then. <laughs> it, 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 it's funny, like because uh, this is just so fresh. You know, they were they were talking about their podcast, and they were just going to start it off. It was kind of a hobby, but then also just they discovered they have something and they wanted to make it more professional. They want to take that step to like make this a business, to make this a brand. They realized they didn't really have any idea what they're doing. They they understood the importance of marketing. They, under, they understood the importance of branding, but they were just so focused on the results, right? And they didn't necessarily know how to go about the process. And they they said, they, I was telling them, like, I, I took them as a consulting client, and they didn't understand, like, the, the common sense that goes involved in this. Sarah, you know, uh, a lot of this stuff is just common sense, but people get blinded by it because they're just so focused on the end result that they don't realize the journey along the way. And I opened up their eyes to that, to, to the simplicity of it and how to find a way to enjoy it, to enjoy the process and to realize it's not about them. It's not inward. They're thinking outward. And they even to this day, with even with all the struggles of the algorithms and different platforms right now, like they still find a way to enjoy it. And they're seeing the results because of it. In in that specific case with your client, you know, what were some of the obstacles 
that because there's two parts of it, right? There's the obstacles of the client, but then there's the obstacles of your business and startup. So there's a story within there. What's one that stands out for you? Do you mind, uh, sorry, do you mind repeating that question? Sure. Story either within the obstacle. So we talk, yeah. we talk, Mark, you and I are enacting. So we're like, what's the obstacle? And what's the scene objective? And how are we going to achieve that? <laughs> In a lot of ways, it's very, very similar to business oriented solution. So what is one either from your perspective as a business through local media or for one of your clients where it's, you know, the before and after um, with some of the obstacles that they were facing, no matter how many obvious, I think was the word that you use, like some of the things with social media. I think a lot of the obstacles there for them is just I'm in, in understanding how it all works. You know, it, it's, I, I have another client. Uh, we have another, I keep saying, I, sorry, Stoney. It's okay. <laughs> it's Silent partner. <laughs> right, 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 right. We, we have a, we have a client, right. And the independent um, uh, professional wrestling promotion here. Right. And one of their biggest things was the fact of like, they were going through a rebrand period. Didn't actually have the time to do social media. They understood the importance of it. And, because of the work that we put into this for that specific promotion, they have grown so much to the fact that like more eyes are on them. You, they have bigger professional wrestlers, yeah, bigger professional wrestlers from AEW, uh, from WWE, former uh, wrestlers from WWE, reaching out to them. They're not reaching out. Uh, like this company, BCW, is not reaching out to these wrestlers. They're reaching out to them. Dude, I, I want to be here. I see what you guys are doing. You guys rock. I want to be part of that. And hence, like, you know, it's bringing more eyes to promotion and making it more well-known, uh, which is, you know, especially after the pandemic, they were going through that, that reset period. And that could be very dangerous. It's sink or swim right there. And they're swimming and swimming very well right now. How are you managing, you know, everything that you are doing? Because as entrepreneurs, we juggle a lot. And... How do you create a work structure and flow to be able to balance all of this? Well, I'm hideously disorganized, so I'll let Mark answer that <laughs> Honest question truth as well. Tony, <laughs> <laughs> so, you're just throwing all this stuff to me, man. Um, no, 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 no. I, I mean, honestly, I do have a, I have a better answer. I mean, I have a better answer than that. Um, <clears throat> well, Mark actually taught me this, and it's about really kind of breaking your days into uh, bits of time schedule, right? So you take something for a half an hour. You don't want to burn yourself out. You do that thing for a half an hour. I like to lay out all the things that I have to do in a day in the morning. And then I take like 10, 15 minutes while I'm drinking coffee and like holding a baby to like figure out, to guesstimate how much time that I am, I'm going to need in order to complete this task or at least get it to the next hurdle. Um, and then I just stop doing it. I move on to the next thing, like a flywheel, basically, just kind of click, 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 click all the way around. Uh, Mark would probably have the same answer because he taught it to me. Yeah, no, I am. A, I am a time general as far as that goes. And that's something that was instilled in me God, before I, I, I quit to come the corporate world and went to acting because of the fact that, like, you know, what you do offset dictates what you do on set. It actually yeah. helps you get to the work on set. And so if you just, you know, some people who leave the corporate world go into that type of field, like, you know, they just 
the days that they're not set, they usually use it as a day off. Oh, it's like vacation. But like, no, they can't be. There's so much work that goes into it, whether it's marketing, networking, uh, you know, doing things for a website, branding, et cetera. There's so many different things, following up with people. Uh, so, you know, I treat it like an eight-hour day. I, I treat that like an eight-hour day. And it's still, still the same with this, with local media. You know, I break up my time and my duties into different time blocks. I could, where I know what I have to do. I, I have like a to-do list. And then I just chop that up into like half-hour increments, hour increments all throughout the day. And then next day is the same thing. <laughs> it's Pomodoro, right? Half hour time? Yep, that's what it is. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> I always remember from the tomatoes. <laughs> yep, the tomato. Remember the, those ads? I don't know if they were ads, but the, that, that promotion was all over the place. I remember that. Pomodoro. <laughs> it's so funny. It was in the cover of a book too, I remember. So yeah. It, and in a lot of ways too, that helps to, um, I find to creatively balance, you know, both, both sides of the brain where one can fuel the other as well, where it's not spending too much time to burn out. Not that I should talk because I just exported like 50 something videos and was like, this is, this is intensity. This is where ADHD comes in handy because you can tunnel yeah. vision, but then to step out, it's like, Oh, okay. That was a little too much, but where to, to be able to break that down and very similar to what you were saying with what you provide for your clients as well is to be able to break it down and make it manageable. So what would you say are a few different tips if someone is looking for, you know, simplifying their media because it's it can seem like such a big task, you know, and where you saw that open opportunity. Um, what are a few tips that someone can do? For their social medias? Yes, as a business, as a small business. It, it, it's, it's understanding... First off, it comes down to understanding your brand, mm. like who you are, you know, and what message you want to convey. I think it all starts off with that, uh, because that's the biggest thing. If you just if you just kind of like willy nilly and just just start posting blindly, <laughs> that's that's not going to work because, you, because they hear the same thing all the time from all these experts: consistency, consistency, consistency. Just post it, just post it, just post it. You know, you hear that all the time, but like, all right, let me. I'm from starting off a business, right? Let me take a let me take a seat back real fast, right? Let me let me uh, check out some of the competitors out there. Let me check out and see like what other successful brands are doing out there. What's working for them? Who am I? What what am I trying to do here? How can I fit into this world? And then go from there. And then all of a sudden, like you know, inspiration starts coming. You start thinking of of, of a strategy. You understand who you are. It all starts with that. That's what that's the biggest takeaway I can say for anyone that's looking to start off, you know, putting the brand out there on the social media world, understanding who you are and what you want to convey. Yeah, and I would I would I would echo that too. So if you're a small business and let's say you're let's call it you're like a local, I don't know, you, I wouldn't sell DVDs right now, but um, you know, like a local toy shop. <laughs> I, was, I don't know why I went to Close DVD your business shop. would be yes. my <laughs> insight and advice. Yeah, yeah. if somebody came to us, I own a library. DVD shop. I'd be like, you better get some stuff from Korea or Japan or something because there is nobody going to buy any of these DVDs. You've got to become an <laughs> importer of fine, you know. So, all right, you know what? Uh, you know, let's say your toy, your small independent operated toy store, I would say the first step, and, and you don't know anything much about marketing, maybe you saved up money and you really love toys and you've always been a toy collector and you really want to get into it. The first thing I would say is, you know, 
like what Mark said to echo his thing is, is to kind of learn who you are as a person and what it is that you believe the value that you bring as that honest person to your potential customers. And from there, you would start going into like, what kind of brand elements do you want to include in the things that you're doing? Um, so that's anything as simple as like color choices um, to, and to something as even more complex as, as retail science. How do you want the customer to feel when they walk into your store? It's not just decoration. It's all very it can get very, very involved um, right down to, you know, it's kind of like how, why do they put all that cheap stuff in the front at the end of the supermarkets, right? It's because that's high margin good. Yeah, the, not all of the stuff at the in the rest of the store is making them, you know, their margins, high margins, but the stuff at the front, they're doing 90% margin on that and they're paying five cents, a, you know, a, a unit. So when you're thinking about branding and taking and 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 what your messaging is, and you and you've gotten to the point where you think, yeah, I I want to share my passion for toys. Um, you would come to people like me and Mark, and and we would really help you drill down onto, okay, what do you, what is your statement of purpose? Like, what is what is the greatest thing that you can give somebody who comes in here? And that would be a relationship, and we would try to foster that. Uh, we would try to foster that 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 concept through their message, through the messaging on social media. So if they said that they, they just want pe they want kids to be happy. They want to be, they want their toys to be sold for cheap. Maybe they're in a bad neighborhood. They want to help the community. Then that becomes your messaging. That becomes the first thing that you would want to target people who maybe have a little less money than others. And then you would, you would, you would, you know, shine a spotlight on that good natured uh, entrepreneur who wants to, who wants to do good. And, and then you'll see that people are engaging with, with uh, with the brand more and you'll see that people are more interested because people don't really care so much about boilerplate sameness you know we have like an eye for that now we, we you know the commodification of everything right you know you don't want to become a gas station it doesn't matter if i go to a texaco a bp or a, or a shell it matters if i go to a place that that matches my values if that matches me as a person if it, we're talking about toy stores but I digress. Yeah. So I would say the most important thing you can do is get like what Mark said, get know yourself, know what your, the greatest value that you can offer to the people. And then and then, you know, massage that message into uh, into sales. Right. And in, right into the into the branding and the marketing and generate revenue. It's a cold right. way of putting it, but it's it's essentially the science behind branding. You know, the, 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 the more you get to know yourself, like, you know, the the. the the more comfortable you are with getting yourself out there, everyone has a story to tell, right? Like, you know, Sarah, you're asking us about our stories and whatnot. Like, everyone has their own story to tell. And if you're able to tell it effectively, that's how you draw people in. That's how you get people to connect and resonate with your brand. And that has a deeper impact than any type of ad you put out there for your product. Because, you know, at the end of the day, like, you know, so many people have, like, similar products or similar services. But what stands you apart from everyone else? It's your brand. Story. That's right this story and yeah. there's um it kind of it's a it's a beautiful title for where i would love to, to take this is you know the art of story and incorporating story into the business and into the media and i that ties right in with the name of exactly why you named your company local media because of so i i think that's um you know, as you're developing the story with your clients, you know, what are some of the things that you look for? We look for transparency and honesty. Hmm. You know, like we we can't help tell your story. Like if if you can't be open with us, you know, it, yeah. it, it's 
it's a trust. It's a relationship. Like the clients that we have, it's like family. You know, yeah. it, it really is because we just have such a deep personal relationship. And, you know, thankfully, the, the ones that really work well with us are the ones that are just so open with us. They're are not afraid to tell a story. And some of them, like, you know, it, it, especially if you don't know us so well, like we try to be as open and, and friendly as possible uh, to the point where, like, you know, again, it's it's like family. Um, the ones that, like, you know, if, if there is any pushback, if there if there is any reluctant uh, reluctancy, as far sorry, uh, as far as like you know, getting to that inner layer, they tend not to do as well. You know, it, it's because you, it's about building that trust, and you can't have that with everyone. You, you, you can't. You know, like you, we may not be good for everyone. And that's fine. That's okay. You know, it's just like finding a therapist, right? Like right, right. <laughs> therapy, therapy is great for you, but you have to have that trust in us. And you can't have that with everyone. You can't open up to that therapist, then it's on to the next one. And I would say the same with any social media manager for a company that tends to hire. It's like, if you, if you feel like you can trust them, if you can pour your heart out to them, if, if you're willing to do so too, like sometimes it takes steps to get there. You may not be ready to go there. Um, but that's the biggest thing we look for. And that's how that's how we can get the most out of our clients. Stoney, anything you want to add to that in the storytelling um, aspect? No, I think that was a, to the storytelling aspect. Um I, I would I would say that, you know, when we have I guess one of the most important one of the things that I'm looking for is is firstly, you know, what are their expectations mm-hmm. and what are their goals, right? So if we if we had a lead or something and the person said to us, well, my expectations are that I'm going to get to 100,000 followers in three months and my goals are to make $50,000 this quarter, I would I would probably red flag that and say that you have some, you know, some unfair expectations you're placing on yourself Um, because everything everything is a process. So I'm looking for that. I'm also looking for an interesting story to their to their to their business. Mm. Um, not that we Good would point. turn anybody away who had a solid foundation and, and really wanted to grow, but sometimes it really does take like, you know, I, I there there are certain you know gigs that we wouldn't want to do because it just isn't exciting enough. I mean, I know there's a lot of people in finance who don't really care for social media except for like LinkedIn. I don't think that depending on what their business was that I would be interested in doing like uh, sewer systems or something, you know, like it just wouldn't be as, <laughs> you know, it just wouldn't be as personally fulfilling to, 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 you know, there goes my business. All right. Right. But, and I will, I will qualify that. I will say that, however, if it was, if it was a sewer system cleaning system person, but it was a family owned and operated business that was from generation to generation passed down and kept a family strong. Now that's something you can sell, sure. right? I mean, the other stuff, it's a little, it's a little gross, but I, I could, you could sell that. Um, you could sell that family bonding thing. So it really is. Right. I'm looking for story and expectations, story and expectations. What's it, your story? It, it, what do you expect? And that's the thing, like they have to be willing to share the story. We 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 did have a client that was just very heavy on a uh, financial client, very heavy on the sales and the results, like very focused yeah. on that. Didn't fully understand branding aspect, didn't uh, didn't really have a story. Well, I think everyone has a story, but it's about are you willing to share it? They open it. Yeah. Was not really willing to share the story, and just the results were not there. Yeah. It, 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 we're both just came to the table and just like 
this is not working for either one yeah. of us. <laughs> yeah, because it, it does us no you know. good to take your money right. when we're not, when we, it's not, you, you know, you, you can't do it. It just doesn't seem right. It doesn't seem fair. Right, exactly. We we don't want to just take your money. We we want to earn it. You know, yeah. we, we want to make sure we want to make sure we're doing a good job for you, by you. And we can only do so much. And that's why I talk about, you know, honesty, transparency, like, you know, and, and being open with us. Because if you don't trust us to tell your story, then we're not going to be for you. Yeah, that's a good way of putting it. And on, a, on that transparent note, to wrap up, because this time flew, what does Never Settle mean to each of you? Ooh, that's a good question. Mark, you want to take that one first and I'll, <laughs> and I'll jump in? Never settle. Well, I think that's our whole thing is never settle. I mean, that that's how we've started uh, and that's how we persevered all through all of this. I mean, in the very beginning, we we, we could have just settled with the fact that like, you know, we had an investor coming in, right, um, to, to help start up our business here and had to pull out last minute because of personal reasons, mm-hmm. because of the funding just got tied up elsewhere. And we could have just sat back and wait or just settled like, oh, maybe this is not meant to be or whatever. But we said, screw that. You know, it's like, you know what? We don't necessarily need that. We we could do this ourselves. And we just didn't settle for that. You know, we we, we just, all right, let's open up shop. We wound up getting clients. All right. How can we how can we get better next quarter? How can we get better quarter after that? How can we better get better next year? Like we have all these plans as far as not just to settle down locally here in New York, but to have different satellite companies all throughout the nation, throughout the world that can help in the local communities elsewhere. You know, like we don't want to just settle just being here, just helping out on our local community. We want to help other local communities as well. Yeah, that's Powerful. a good, that's, yeah. Um, I would say, I would say for me, you know, personally, it means knowing your worth and not, not that I'm against listening to other people's advice, but there, I think as human beings, we all have this, this nature about us to where humans are trying to make you settle for something. Well, you can't, you can't, you can't go there because this is good enough, you know, um, but if you kind of spend a lot of time in, in like introspective, in intro, in an introspective space, and you discover that wait a minute, no, there's still a little more in me. I can actually push it up like 10, 15 percent, uh, and I can get to that goal that I'm going for. That all comes from self worth, right? You're, you're you, you know, just trying to maintain a sense of self, a healthy ego more or less right you don't want to be so i'm the best i'm never going to settle for anything i I want that i want it now no but to me it means knowing you're having a healthy ego knowing what you're what you what you can do Mm. knowing what you're willing to do and and yeah mix it up with some risk make you got to mix up some you got to mix some risk in that um in that little I don't know, cocktail. I'm, for a I'm gonna Thank go with you. a cocktail. <laughs> Thank you. It's been a long day. I don't know if you've been able to tell. Uh, <laughs> maybe, maybe you need a cocktail. <laughs> oh, you know it. Yes, cocktail or recipe. You know, it's um interesting, Stony, for what you shared about good enough, because that is exactly the opener for never settle, and it's good enough. That's not good enough for us. So, yeah. 
Perfect closer for this. Mark Stoney, thank you so much for hopping on. And um, if you're listening, I also did a previous interview with Mark. I'll link that below as well. And I was recently on their show for local media. So we'll link that in the description in addition to. That wraps up another episode of Never Settle. Please subscribe to this podcast for more upcoming Never Settle. Not good enough, but living above and beyond for self-worth. Exactly as Stoney said.